<laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the patch this week, brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Yeah, they're right there. Yeah. <laughs> I called it. I knew it. I was pointing right at it <laughs> when it showed up. Um, this week, the patch with Gus, Bernie, Ashley, and the Hourglass. And turn if the, you screw up ad placement, don't forget we are now Suck offering it, refunds for the first two minutes of the podcast. The first two minutes of the podcast. <laughs> if you're unhappy with our sponsor, let us know. We'll give you your money back. What do you think about that? What do you think about Steam offering refunds now on a digital product? It's it's. I like that they're offering refunds. I feel like they're being too generous about it. Well, I find Steam to be weird too. It's fine, weird to me that they would put something in that you can everybody can clearly see the avenue for abuse in it because Steam is like one of the most closed off platforms for security. First of all, my credit card company half the time you got to call them and tell them what the hell Steam is every mm-hmm. time. Really? I use it. it Mine's great. It, it, it's pr- the one card I have is like there's just one card I don't use on it. It's American Express. No, I, just, I know because they, I, I'll I call them it. and they'll be like we have a lot of reports of theft with this Valve software. Like right. listen, listen, it's okay. Yeah, was this a this video game store, yeah. right? And uh, and so then the other thing too is like if you want to do anything on Valve uh, or anything on Steam, you have to do like fifty confirmations to do it. You know what I mean? Like to the point where when I added money to my Steam wallet, I couldn't use my wallet for the first seventy two hours. Oh, you know what? that that no. kind of thing. You never had I that didn't before? have that either. You didn't have that. I've no. never had that, but why not? Sure. You mean, did you go to add money to your Steam wallet so that you could gain your Steam level? I did, yeah. and, then, and then and then when I got the cards, when I got the cards, then you can't even trade them for like seven days. Like oh, they have all these. Right. You have to have a verified account that's been like verified right. and secured for a month, I think, or something crazy mm-hmm. before you can even get get to that. And we've all dealt with the deal when you go to launch Steam on a new site. They got to text you or email you the the little mm-hmm. five digit code. A new site? It tells me that like every time I log in, I could be. I've probably had to verify myself. Ten times, just on this computer. You can trust same, the computer. In the same, I have. It's like it's, it's like take. we said. We see you're on a new computer, and I'm like, nope, it's not new. Which computer we've is that? The laptop this. that you use at home mainly. Well, I've got the laptop at home. I've got this one. Uh, we've got the big computer at home. Mm-hmm. Every time, every single time, it seems like I have to log in. We have a Univac at you home. Know, it takes up like half of a room, basically. She said big computer. Okay. So I was thinking, like, what are <laughs> people going to think when we say big computer? So I'm an, I'm the one that's you know, impressive and yeah. not a laptop. It's a desktop computer. Yeah, okay. it's like really I, super I consider that school. like big now. It's got like, vacuum tubes. Literally, you got to you got to. Kill bugs. It's a series of tubes. Yeah. But the more, point I was trying to make here is like this is a platform I associate with like super high security, and now they have something in place where you know there's going to be even more measures they're going to have to take in order to make sure that people aren't just returning games. So the rules are right. You have to have current rules. The game, current rules, June which are going to be changed during June third, two thousand fifteen. You have to have purchased the game dun, 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 in the dun. last fourteen days. And you have to play the game for less than two hours. Yeah, I think the less than two hours is the, the critical thing That's there, right? That's the big one. Yeah. Because a lot of games, you get most experience within two hours. Right. Do you – I mean, you. I feel like you get a taste of the experience in two hours, but unless you're – like most games you can't complete in that time. So at well, best you're going to complete half the think, game. Think about stuff like Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes or any Telltale episodic game. Mm, you know what would be interesting is if they were to implement something that's like a certain percentage. There's a there's a site. Um, um, how long? How long to beat? How long to beat? How long to beat? That's I I, that al- I always forget it. Uh, One dollar one hour dot com. Where the spool version? Yeah. If they took like average time to beat a game and then did a certain percentage of it, that would be interesting. Yeah, but, but that also doesn't work for multiplayer games. Yeah, it's true. So yeah. I, I think that they're probably gonna. 
modify that one. I wonder so how now. developers are going to react to it. I've been watching developers on Twitter. They've all kind of mentioned it without like really saying if they're happy about it or not. Because obviously it's a, it's a great thing from a consumer perspective that they get the ability to return stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's really awesome. I mean, in a lot of places, I think it's legally required they would have to. In Texas, I think we have 30 days to return products for a it? full refund. I think you're required by law, yeah. Although – when you buy something on Steam, are you buying it in Texas or are you buying it in Washington State? If they apply state sales tax, you're buying it in the state, right? And I, I should know whether or not they place, apply sales tax to I think my they Steam do. sales, but I, yeah. I don't. I just say, hooray, you didn't ask me for my confirmation, like the security code this time. <laughs> Thank God, it's only one button click. Yes. And then I, I agree to these terms, which are now a lot, a lot better for consumers, but – you know, one of the things that I – when I look at it is like I don't think a lot of people realize um, – like if you ever get something that you order from Amazon and you open it up and there's always that big piece of paper on the top of it that says – you know, whether you buy from Home Depot or wherever. It says, if something's wrong with this, don't take it back to the store. Right. Call this 800 number. And I don't – you know, we sell a lot of stuff in retail. The reason for that is is that retail stores – Steam is a retail store um, – they have rules about returns, and if you get so many returns, it really hurts your standing with that retailer. Mm-hmm. So this is the kind of thing where it's like I wonder now if game developers will be like, hey, if you have any problems with the game, yeah, write us. Write us. Yeah. Game. Like how will it impact a developer when somebody returns a game to Steam? Also, I mean, can you? is it all games full retail only? Can you do it with early access? I think you can do it with early access as well. I think that this specifically, this policy was written up because of people having problems with early access games. That actually uh, makes a lot of sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So that'd be awesome if it was 14 days after the release of the game. So it's like <laughs> after the after the early, actual release, or the early access release. Because then early access games would stay in this refund window basically forever well, and ever. Yeah. And then the flip side to what I was saying about you know you can experience a full game you know or most of a game within two hours sometimes is you look at a big game you know like Witcher Three two hours you really haven't scratched the surface of that game you're not out of the tutorial yet right yeah you're still in the open you're in white orchid or white orchard uh you're still in the opening area why spoilers spoiler for (laughs) when you start the game you're in white orchard (laughs) just saying that now yeah but now we know what color the orchard is and i didn't want to know that information it's not white (laughs) oh is it not okay good (laughs) it's a racist thing (laughs) um so i mean there's definitely two sides to it i think the uh, the two hour uh window is probably going to go. Notch said online that he, he in particular, wasn't sure about the two-hour window because he compared uh, uh, or used his experience playing uh, the Stanley Parable as an example of that game was three hours total for him to get the full experience he felt. And, you know, three hours as opposed to two, it's like he was most of the way through the game at that point, Mm -hmm. you know. But, you know, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's like when it comes down to it, our refunds, if you offer refunds to paying customers – Already PC games deal so heavily with piracy mm-hmm. that is is a refund even going to be a drop in the bucket to compare it to piracy, for instance. Yeah, I mean, and, and it sucks that they're, that Steam and Valve are trying to do the right thing for consumers mm-hmm. and that we have to have the argument or the discussion even to worry about, like, the people who are going to abuse the system. It goes back to even, like, years ago, we've talked about this before, about that store that used to exist in Austin, Floppy Joe's. Oh, yeah, you could rent What's software. Flop- what? You could rent software on disc. Like PC software? Yeah, you could rent go in, PC software? rent it, take it home copy it and return it. You know? Well, I'm sure that was never a problem. Right. They, they got shut down. But, I mean, this is the evolution of the Floppy Joe's problem. <laughs> Do you remember, too, like old old school PC games? They had that code wheel where you'd line up like three values and then look in a window. It was like a secret decoder, mm-hmm. and that was like their copy protection when you'd start the game. In the in the package, you could tell somebody had already disassembled it and like put it back together with one of those paper brads <laughs> you know, and holding it back into place. 
Yeah, and that always happened. But from a, a from speaking of the piracy angle of this thing, um, you know, the, we can open the can of worms of is a pirated copy a lost sale? A lot of people have a lot of arguments about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the things about one of the justifications that people use for piracy is the fact that they don't know if the game is any good or not. So here is an example of making access to games or access to digital content a whole lot easier. And it kind of takes that argument out of the equation now, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Because people can – you can absolutely go buy it and just go get a refund. Yeah, you but know? I mean th- that, that doesn't pay the bills for the publisher at the end of the day when they're like, well, we made it easier for you. Let's right. also be honest. There's no one There's no one who pirates games with that excuse and is going to be like, I've – I'm mending my ways. I now spend all my money up front and utilize the refund system. No one's going to do that. They're just going to pirate and no, be like, not, eh. They'll just find a new excuse to hide behind. Right. But, and, I mean, if you, if you want to... I didn't like the price. If you right. don't want to <laughs> pay money for games, then you, I've actually absolutely seen people say, I pirated because I don't think it's worth the, this amount. Right. Or I don't want the developers to get money. Right. They, like, they don't deserve it. So they'll come up... People who don't want to spend money have an amazing ability to justify why they don't spend any money. Right, but I'm saying this is just one argument that now gets taken off the table for that. Not that it'll matter. I mean, it's not like once they run out of arguments, they'll stop pirating stuff. I mean, that'll, that problem will always still exist on PC. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you make it easier on consumers, that tends to work out pretty well. Yep. You know, I mean, they, they music piracy was just a wildfire before digital, all, you know, music moved online and, you know, was easily accessible. Then it was like, well, I can try to go find this thing and find a good version of this on a pirated site somewhere, or I can just get a you know a version well, for like a buck and a half. Yeah, we just need to reach the point where software and video games reach that price corrected point. Good luck with that. Yeah, right. Good <laughs> luck with that. I mean, I just bought Splatoon over the weekend, uh-huh. which I love on the Wii U. Sixty bucks for a digital download. Yeah. For, and I love Splatoon. Great game. One of the, some of the most fun I've had in a game recently. Probably should be forty bucks. Oh yeah. You know, when yeah. you consider when, the scope of the game, the digital delivery, like mm-hmm. I'd be a lot happier with that. Like, why is it still? Why, when paying for digital goods, are you still paying for the infrastructure for physical delivery? Profit, no. bro. Yeah, you go, yeah, bro. Profit, bro. bro. I don't. I don't want to stick too long in this topic because I can't believe we're talking about anything but Fallout Four right now. I know. But, I'm looking know. at Fallout Four <laughs> right now while we're talking about this. But, but uh, you know, is it would would in this case would forty dollars? Essentially, would overpaying for a game be enough justification for you to to return it? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Because no. especially you wouldn't know in the first two hours if you'd overpaid for a game. You yeah. might not have that experience. Well, it, so. it depends. Something like Gone Home, you know, I finished it and was like, there's no way this is worth this amount of money. Yeah. It was uh, It was definitely, I didn't think it worth that amount of money. And that's one of those games that's short yeah. enough that you could, like, you can conceivably beat it in that period of time. I'm pretty sure I was doing game capture for Game Club on it, and I, what? You're doing the one hour, one dollar. You're falling into that. You're, you're doing it. No. You're a subscriber. Yep. This bull mentality. I love it. I, I actually I fully disagree with it, but I don't think that it's like a, you know, three hour, twenty dollar game. Well that being said, you know, I, I agree with you about Gone Home. I loved Gone Home, thought it was a great game. I thought it should have been priced less than it was. But if I had played through two hours of that or and finished it, I still would have let them keep the money because yeah. I would have been happy about the experience and about seeing something different. Yeah, I would feel like a really shitty human if I played all the way through a game and went, all right, I had my experience that I paid for. I'm going to get my money back. Like, yeah. I, would, I would feel terrible about that, but a lot of people don't care. Right. Yeah, it probably is more likely that people will have that experience at the front end where they just go, I don't want to pay for this, so I won't, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the thing I had with it going home was I just felt it was overhyped more than anything else. Oh. Like Mad Max. Speaking of Mad Max, Fallout 4. Fallout 4. <laughs> wow, nice segue. Thank you. So two big things happened this week that make me really happy. It made me smile. 
Gus smiled. Tell us Fallout more, 4 Gus. And XCOM 2. I like that he didn't smile while saying that. He just said the word smile. I, can you say the word <laughs> smile without smiling? I smiled. Hold on. Can do it. Hold I on. smiled. Get into character. <laughs> I what's, can't do it. Hold on. What's my motivation? You hate everybody. I smiled. S- smile. <laughs> there were two things this week that came out that made me smile. <laughs> okay, hold on. You're, my guess, you got my, it down. My best guess. <laughs> two things came out this week that made me smile. I did it! Yeah, you did. You reached the next um, level of cynicism. Congratulations. I want to talk about XCOM 2 first. Because I okay. first, and I want to I want to tease up to You mean to the for. XCOM 2 that everyone really, really hoped was going to be a new Bioshock? Um, excited about it. I don't know that I'm thrilled with the premise. Oh, of the – you're now a rebel force on a hybrid alien human government planet? Right. Right. That's what I got from that. XCOM, to me, has always been the, you know, secret government agency – or not even government, the secret, like, world fighting the aliens. Not right. an uprising against the aliens on your home, home on your own home planet. Especially considering that the last game – the spoiler, the end result is that you try to you save the planet. I mean, that's the goal what? of the game, right? And you then, save the planet from aliens. Like, and now in XCOM two, you're you lost. Yeah, it's so confusing to me. There's like a gap the there. Some kind. You lost. Uh, but how, how did you feel about the game graphically? I mean, how when you saw the I cinematic? I feel like it's substandard. It, it like looks like a previous same. generation game. Is this I, yeah. the week of? And is this the week of that? Maybe. I think it's also not coming to consoles. Yes, because it was a huge flop on consoles, but sold I think like two million units Let me, on PC. I'm gonna look so up. Can back me up. But uh, why wouldn't sales. they bust? You know, why wouldn't they boost the graphics up then if they're not worried oh. about making a console version? No, I see what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like it looks the same, if not worse, than the last game. Don't get me wrong. I'm gonna play the shit out of this game, but. It just doesn't make sense to me. And we should be perfectly clear here. We're seeing from the XCOM 2 trailer, we're seeing what we assume are cinematics. There was no yes. gameplay in there. Although the cinematics were heavily inspired by gameplay. Right. So, so what if that's the gameplay? Right. I, I think that it is, for the most part, gameplay. You know, when you even in XCOM, the original XCOM, when you well, – not the original, the previous XCOM. Right. When you would watch your people rushing cover to cover. The original was like mid-90s. Yeah. Yeah. Totally different uh, game. So it made me think about that. Like just those little cutscenes as your character's moving around. Yeah. And even the like when they're firing. So, um, according to our best friend VG Charts, which has all the information except for digital sales, which unfortunately is like means most PC sales, um, Enemy Unknown did uh, six hundred and forty thousand on PC, six hundred thousand on Xbox three sixty, and uh, five hundred thousand on PS three. So consoles outweighed. The PC. Consoles outweighed it. They were about on par for every platform. But let's keep in mind something really important there. I don't think VG Charts takes into account things like purchases via Steam, which for PC is going to be the majority of... When's when's the last time you walked into a store and bought a PC game? I look at them in Target. Damn. (laughs) What was the last PC game I bought? You know what what mine probably was? StarCraft. I probably bought StarCraft on disc like a Target for like nine bucks. But that was like in the last two or three years I did that. I feel like I bought StarCraft way too many times. <laughs> I, I, I definitely bought it a lot. Yeah. I, I think, think I bought Mist too many times. God, I think the last PC game I may have purchased in the store, World War Two Online? And that would have been like 2001 that or 2002? 
Really? Yeah. Wow. Remember, we did a story about it for Drunk Gamers where yeah. we talked about like pre-ordering and getting it oh, right. delivered to you versus yeah. going to the store and buying it. A cornered rat software. Right. God, by the way, everyone is just like, we're not talking about Fallout 4 the entire time. <laughs> we were like, what do I have for lunch? <laughs> no, 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 that's the thing. They're going to keep watching to yeah. hear us talk about Fallout 4. Save up sure. for it. Keep, keep telling yourself This is foreplay. What's up, girl? If Fallout 4 play? That's it. Nope. Yes. You win. Not necessarily. Um, I, I legitimately don't remember the last PC game I would have bought in a store. I legitimately don't. It would have been... Let's see. No, I, no, no. Half-Life 2. Half-Life no, 2? No, 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 no. Which got, ironically is what installed Steam. Right. I got, <laughs> I got that when I bought a video card. Damn. No, no, no. That was a digital delivery. I'll go back even further. Are you buying console games? At retail stores anymore? No. Physical nope. discs. No. What was the last one you bought? You the think? last one I bought was Borderlands pre sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Bought... 360, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a retail version of a 3DS game. Ah, uh, Okami Den, because it's not a it's a DS game and it's not available in the 3DS eShop, so I had to actually get a cartridge. Yeah. That's the last game I've bought at retail. The movement that actually is... wasn't that long ago, so it's not bragging. But I only did it because I couldn't find it digitally. The movement's definitely taking place. We uh, we were setting up a data at, at a new house, and the Xbox One was almost useless in a in a house with no data. It's interesting uh, that remember when they announced the Xbox One and everyone went no 24 hour check ins. This is an this is an outrage. We don't. Care care about being able to lend games to friends this is bullshit we you know we want our console offline and xbox said okay well we won't do digital lending to friends and all that no big deal sure uh no it was impossible that. but guess what um i went to play a game that i digitally purchased and downloaded and it said nope we need to connect to the internet first she, had to, she, she tethered to her phone in order to authenticate mm-hmm. which actually worked pretty well but don't the people who don't want those services they probably are still buying disc-based games i would assume Potentially, but yeah. it also the the big argument against the twenty four hour check ins was like, what if my internet goes out? What if this? What if this? I won't be able to access my games. Guess what? That's still the case. But now we don't get digital. Lending. Man, I, I think will the say, first I, episode I, of the patch we demonstrated that how I, the three sixty was already an online console. I yeah. am somewhat happy about that because, and I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. I've had a lot of issues with power and internet at my home recently. <laughs> And I've had two different occasions where my internet went out for three days before they were able to send someone to fix it. Yeah. And my saving grace both times was, thank God I don't have to connect to the internet to play Witcher 3. I played The Witcher 3 because it had no online check-in. I could continue to play it on my console. So you played it on your console. Which console did you play Xbox on? One. You played on Xbox One digitally or yeah, a disc? Digitally. And it didn't have a check-in? No. So if I had to continue to check-in, I would have been fucked. Here's why. Here's why that existed. Because the way the DRM system works on the Xbox, you bought it on that Xbox. Correct. That's right. Okay. Mine so, was like was not its home Xbox. Yeah. So you still have that. We would. Uh, I didn't even think about that in the process. So if you had a home Xbox or the purchasing Xbox, and you're fine. And you can transfer those those licenses every now and then. Mm-hmm. So right, that, well, in, in well, that case, I was happy because my ISP is a huge piece of shit and doesn't have enough people to fix internet problems. You know who doesn't have good internet service? People in Fallout 4. That's who doesn't have good internet service. <laughs> we didn't finish talking about XCOM 2. Okay, let's oh, talk uh, about XCOM also, 2. XCOM 2. Uh, uh, J.P. Palmer on Twitter says the story of XCOM 2 is based off the hardest difficulty all characters died ending. That is not the, that is not the ending I experienced. If people are going to be mad about the ending, of Fall, or the ending of Mass Effect 3, then I get to be mad about this. Okay, yeah. go ahead. If, if I played through an experience and I did all of this stuff and then it's just thrown away... What's the point of me having played everything else? There's a lot of games that do that, though. They decide that, the that they have me multiple too. endings, but then decide on a canon ending to, to continue. Deus Ex is one of those. My canon ending 
is the ending I experienced <laughs> in the canon. <laughs> right. It's like if we can, if they can make software that branches and creates all these different possibilities, they can create a new piece of software that imports that and then funnels it down. Or if you get three different versions of the game, be like, what was your ending? Pick your game. And you all, you play a completely different game. May I ask you a question? Please. No. Does the story in XCOM matter that much to you? It matters. At the end of the day, isn't it just a turn-based strategy game? It is, but it matters in, which in so you kill much. Your friends? It matters in so much as the structure of the XCOM organization fighting the aliens. All right, it's important to you. That part is important. Like when to you me. play Civilization, it's like and Gandhi nukes you. Do you go not accurate? <laughs> like, do you get upset about that? It's like if I have to deal with a stupid robot that doesn't know anything. Why would I would do, want to do that? <laughs> Why are you bringing that up? I don't know. Why are you bringing that up? I'm trying to, trying to <laughs> podcast together. Just trying to Artificial me. intelligence is stupid and is never going to be as good as a human. We, we just played uh, – JD and I played uh, played XCOM. Yeah, I have an achievement on Steam. Humanity Savior beat the game on any difficulty, so I saved the planet. But now it's like I guess the government just like sold out and was like, yeah, well, the aliens sound good. You know? I will say the people look like they had a good life. They, well, they were getting searched and stuff. They were getting searched, but – they look like they have technology. We well, search all the time. Okay. Yeah. The NSA is looking through my phone record. I mean, what's the difference, right? <laughs> it's like they got these, these people fighting it. Like, it seemed like things were going okay. I've never met an NSA agent that turns into a giant cobra, though, and strangles <laughs> you. Because apparently now there's cobra people in XCOM as well. That's the CIA, dude. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. That's the, maybe it's the reptilian uh, underworld that is ruling the Earth, really. Maybe that's what this is. Maybe it's a totally different take. I'm liking this. Yeah. Okay, and I, so I can get behind this. And so that would make sense why it's part of the government because the, the actual species of reptiles that run the government, they are now above ground it's, and we're fighting them. It's like Winter Soldier when they're like, Hail Hydra. That's <laughs> like they've been subverting it from the inside. Is that where Hail Hydra's from? Yeah. I thought that was a G.I. Joe thing. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's like Gary Shandling turns into a cobra and he comes and he strangles you. I guess that totally makes sense now. I guess that's all. I never watched any of the Captain America movies. I couldn't bring myself to do it. Winter Soldier's actually good. Everyone says Winter Soldier's probably one of the best Marvel movies I ever. I wouldn't go that far. But I couldn't. I just couldn't bring myself to watch it. I don't know why. I have no idea why. It's all right. I'll, I'll get around to it eventually. You, you'll gonna, make John Rising happy. Okay. I, I know I'm going to get tons of people sending me spoilers for the Captain America movie. Great. I don't care. Hey, you know what? He loves America. He does. He does. He loves do, the 19. Do, he do loves the he 1950s st- version of America, which is where Fallout starts as a series. Well, what what I wonder is like. <laughs> So he loves I was in my way. Oh, were you doing that? I'm I was going to be like, do you think he'd still love it after it got atta- like nuclear attacks? So the, <laughs> the thing I understand about Captain America is like he loves the 1950s version of America. Wouldn't he be racist? Like he like <laughs> he's no. like an interracial couple. He's like, no. well, that's un-American. <laughs> he's all about- he like calls Joseph McCarthy on the phone. He's, he's like, like I-, I got some communists here. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. He's outing, outing people for being socialists <laughs> the entire time. That would be hilarious. I would like to see the, the anachronistic Captain America because they, they, they hold the whole thing where he doesn't like understand any references. But it was great if he was like, "What? Why are women working here?" You know, <laughs> like that kind of thing. So, just take all the bad stuff. But yeah, I, I guess actually he does do that. He only does that in interviews, though. <laughs> him, him and Hawkeye, Jesus man. But all the bad stuff, like all the all the nuclear weapons falling on people. Speaking of four. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of <laughs> nuclear weapons that fall on people, I'm really glad we didn't make Fallout Four the drinking game this week. Uh, Should we establish a drinking game, or does that just spoil it? Let, let me let me let me read. I mean, you guys let, you guys have got through so much before, of my vodka that, at this we, point. Uh, let me read the ad read before we we okay. get to Fallout Four this seems or terrible. anything else. Um, Want to remind it's everyone delicious. this episode of the patch is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. I'm not sure I understand why anyone listening or watching still hasn't joined Dollar Shave Club. These guys are the best. Their razors are amazing. It's more convenient. It costs a fraction of the price. We'll break down exactly how Dollar Shave Club works. You go, y'all are pouring that? Okay. You, you go to dollarshaveclub.com and pick one of their three great razors. 
the two-blade Humble Twin, the four-blade 4X, or the six-blade Executive. Uh, I use Executive. Uh, you get your first box in about a week. It includes free handle and a sleeve of blade cartridges. It's high-quality stuff, and with that weight to it, it looks and feels just like the expensive ones. In fact, here it is. You can see for yourself. Well, you, you can see. We can feel. Um, the Executive has six stainless steel blades, a 90-degree pivot head, and an aloe strip. Uh, it's a great shave. And after that, they mail you four replacement blades every month. Careful. It's sharp. You got it. Uh, or every other month, if that's better for you. You never have to worry about it again. So stop missing out. Try dollarshaveclub.com slash patch. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash patch. <laughs> Dollar Shave Club makes a great Father's Day gift. I didn't even think about that. Good. Uh, and it's a gift that keeps on shaving. Oh, it's clever. Um, careful. You didn't think about that? Did you think about that the URL is Dollar Shave Club Patch? <laughs> Did it say that? No, it's like dollarshaveclub.com like, slash patch. Like, like you're shaving, shaving the, patch. the patch. Oh, oh, look at you. That's good. I didn't think about that either. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know who really, you know, needs a good shave? Anyone who's been in a vault? I was going to say Jack Patillo, but I'll go with people who have been in a vault Jack for Patillo a while. Also. Yeah, Jack Patillo could are also be a you, really good shave. What, bo- I don't know. We don't know what the vault is we, So we, before we talk about Fallout 4. Before? <laughs> we should talk about Hearthstone. <laughs> Why would we talk about Hearthstone? Because you're that's, playing that's it? To drink. God damn it, Gus. Oh, all right. Uh. We need a new game. <laughs> we need a new game. Right on the electrical outlet. It'll evaporate. Uh. <laughs> It'll evaporate. Um, I finished the month, rank 13. <laughs> Very happy about that. Everyone on um, Twitter and in the comments, by the way, said you're a total noob for being anything less than 15. 13 is better than 15. Oh. It goes from 25 to 1. Never mind, you're cool then. Yeah. So I'm in the top 20% of Hearthstone players. I do like that okay. Ashley said that. Well, they, she sounded like all, she was inhaling the entire time she yeah. was talking. They, they, all, they all say they're better than you anyway. Uh, have another one. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I'm better than 80% of you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, game, the game told me that. <laughs> I really don't know what else to say. Um, and uh, now the, 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 the cycle has reset or the rank play has reset for this month. So I'm really excited about it. I'm also oh, really excited because my they're, all warm now. they're introducing a lot of rewards that cross over between the games so if you play world of warcraft you get heroes of the storm rewards if you play heroes of the storm you get special card backs in uh the card game um and i really <laughs> like that they're, they're building this ecosystem and i feel like a lot of that started with the unified launcher for blizzard because now you see all of their games in one place and it's it's not like steam's great because you can play any game you want the blizzard launcher is great because it keeps you in their ecosystem you know, it's like when you quit the game, the launcher's still there. Like, oh, what do you want to play? You're done with, uh, you don't hear the store? Here's some Diablo 3. You know, oh, how about some World of Warcraft? It's so tempting. One of the first games hey, guys, I... Did I did I ever tell you that I've learned the ability to fall asleep with my eyes open? <laughs> it's, very, it's very useful in situations like this. <laughs> I couldn't possibly be less interested in Hearthstone. And no, I know people love it, but it's a, it's a card oh, game. Oh, it's only when life. Gus... It's only when I say it. Yeah, okay. It's a fun card game. You should, you should watch me and Carrie play. <laughs> I believe it's a fun card game. I like card games, too. I like Munchkin... Other games like that, but I, I wouldn't. I like playing them. That's like, not. That's a in different person. kind of card game. Why is it different? Magic is Magic. The Gathering is. It's, a, it's a lot more like Magic. I'd okay. put a lot more like Magic. What's well, so the card games? No, card? Munchkin, Munchkin's different. I cut you M- off. Munchkin's what were you say? different for a lot of reasons. Oh, I was going to say um, the that whole like in between game rewards thing. The first time I remember seeing that was actually. Do you remember it was Mass Effect and it was a crossover with Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning? Oh, where right. if you, wow. Remember this? Yeah. Where you played, and it's, which is a super bizarre crossover, by the way. Uh, but if you played, um, I want to say if you played the the demo for Kingdoms of Amalur, you could get um, like a, a themed, like a Reckoning themed suit of armor in Mass Effect. It was, and was that single versa. player or multiplayer only? 
Which one? The armor for Mass Effect. Wasn't it like I'm going to assume single player. Okay. I thought um, it was multiplayer armor, but I could be wrong. I'm not sure what I ended up getting was um, I went the other way because you could also get uh, the, what's it, the army thingy with the, the Omni. The Omni tool? Oh, there we go. I was like, Omni hand. Nope. Omni hand. Uh, <laughs> uh, you could get a weapon that was themed on that in uh, Reckoning, which, by the way, totally underrated game. is so good. People love that game. Yeah, it totally tanked. No, you know, it, was, it took it took 38 Studios. It bankrupted Kurt Schilling pretty it much. Bankrupted the state of Rhode Island. The state of Rhode Island it bankrupted everybody who touched it. But it was so good. The Mass it, Effect wiki doesn't say if it was available for multiplayer or single player. Yeah, it was but very it sounds well. It was, it was cool armor though. It was very well received critically, but just did not sell well. Yeah, Joker yeah. gives it to you, so it's probably in the campaign. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah. Um, But yeah, that's the that's the first time I remember uh, in up, between Commander? games. Although you played <laughs> Kingdoms of Amalur, although, <laughs> your armor. would you yeah. count Fable? Because remember, there was the Fable. I was there was the oh, card was game, the, the XBLA one, pub games. There we go, where you could earn gold that would then appear in. Yeah, but that Fable. was bullshit. Why? Why was Why? that bullshit? You get exploited. Well, no, you could. Yeah, and you ended up with a ton of gold when yeah. Fable Two came out. Oh, Fable Three. Fable. Look, if you got into the games, was for Fable Three. I thought it was. It, no, it was a pre-release. It came out before the game did. All I know is, if you got into real estate in Fable Three, you had nothing to worry about. I ended up buying every property Fable in the entire was world. Pub games. What's up? Fable Two, yeah. really? Yeah, Fable 2. Then I then I got myself a red comb over. You didn't have to worry about it. I mean, the thing you had to worry about with Fable Three though was the fact that the game sucked. Yeah, I was gonna say because I, I never Everyone played Fable Three. Everyone said that. Everyone said that. I had no problems with it whatsoever. I was probably too busy being thrilled that I had John Cleese for a butler. <laughs> Do you have a dog in Fable 3? I don't yes. remember No, a dog. yes, no. You could touch people. That was the thing. Wait, you, that sounds you creepy. touch people. <laughs> Someone tweeted me something I'd forgotten about. That uh, you know, I'm pretty sure you had a dog, here. but let me check. There's a lot of some dog, have... dog Fable Three supporting character accompanies the hero of Brightwall. Yeah. And I love trotting this bit of trivia out. You know, the dog AI is based on black and white. Mm. Oh, is it? Mm. That is based on the uh, your creature AI in Black and you White. You love that notion so much. How come you didn't remember there was a dog in it? You know, there's I another game. There the, because touch was the big thing when, when Peter Mullen was like, you can touch people. It's the power. Hold on. Let me put on my British. The power of touch. Overpromise. Uh, Overpromise it. You will be able to touch as never before. <laughs> it will be better than any touch you've ever had. We'll come to your house and we'll touch you. Yeah. <laughs> there's another game where the protagonist has a dog. But before we get to that, <laughs> uh, there was a there was Peter Molyneux actually doing that. It would say you'd be able to touch as you've never touched before, touch in unique new ways. And then when they ship the game, it just comes with a glove. <laughs> That's it. It's, uh, it's someone, one of those like shower scrubbers. Yeah, exactly. It's like the glove's too small. Someone tweeted me asking about a video I made years ago when we were still in the Congress office when I was playing Fable Two, uh, where I encountered a weird scenario where I found a pro. I, I had married a wife in the game. Yeah. Who liked to be slapped. Oh, right, right, right. And I found a prostitute who liked to watch me slap women. So I hired the prostitute and took her home and would slap my wife and then <laughs> watch the hearts, like, just flying everywhere. And everybody was happy. And, like, and then, like, the town would come into my bedroom to watch me slapping my <laughs> wife, pleasing the prostitute, and then everyone would start clapping for me. It was the weirdest video <laughs> yeah, experience that's, that's, ever That sounds had. like the gussest experience ever, except for the fact that you were making other people happy. Yeah, everyone it was is. so happy. That doesn't make you. a lot of sense. Like crowd pleaser. Domestic abuse. Yay! <laughs> but it's, it's consensual. Everyone was happy. They had the hearts above their head, officer. I want. I want to point out that he continued to play the game. Like he did this for many times. You I got a lot of bonuses from doing that. <laughs> it, it paid off. It was good. That's. It's easy how quickly the morals go straight out the window. It's, it's surprising. It's a video game. Yeah. I don't know. I'm actually really bad at 
like my moral compass in video games is iron strike i feel terrible doing anything to anybody digital like i just that's probably one of the reasons that i'm i'm a really terrible gta player is i just i, I don't want to cheat people or like cause dents in their cars or take their cars i mean god forbid can you imagine if someone just rocked up and pulled you out of your car and took it that would suck i feel for those digital insurance people. You still have a bad day, man. Yeah, sucks. Whatever. Star Citizen, you have to pay for your insurance. At least in Grand Theft Auto, you don't. <laughs> I tend to I tend to only do the good choices as well, like the morally good choices, uh, unless they make me do something else, and then I'm okay with it. What I don't like is when there's a they, they pretend like there's a choice in the game, and there's no choice in the mm-hmm. game. Like some of that stuff in Last of Us that existed, and then there was in GTA there was a thing that I just didn't want to do it. You you put down the game for a long time torture because scene. you just oh, couldn't do it. Yeah. You had to torture that a person. Yeah. I was like, I there don't want no to way do around this. It. And there was no way to get around. You couldn't fail the mission or anything. You just you just waited for you to do it. Yeah. I was like, I, I stopped playing the game for two weeks. That was, I was bizarre. Like, I just don't want to do this. It's not fun. It's not like a this is not a, this is not like a like a, a fantasy thing that I want to have even in my head. I mean, no, it's harmless because it's a digital character, but it's just like I didn't want to do it. So I'm normally with you. I'm normally play games very much the same way. Where like I want to do the good choice i want to yeah. do the good thing despite my persona um, how did you play fallout 3 <laughs> we'll get to that in a second okay. so in the witcher 3 i don't play the good person because they do such a good job of creating that world of having everyone ostracize the witcher and do mean things to you really? to where when it comes to decisions you're like oh okay you know what i'm gonna be an asshole about this it's to the point even where when you're taking contracts from people for missions you can haggle with them yeah and request more money to complete the mission so every time I'm like yeah you know what you're going to pay me more than But than here's you want a big to. question. Do do your actions have a, an effect on how the world continues to see witchers? Can you by your actions make the world a better place for your people? I hey, don't you think kill so. Kill all the assholes <laughs> because they have such a long history. Ah. So mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think everyone has a preconceived notion and is prejudiced against have not Change played... has to start with someone, Gus. <laughs> not with Gus, though. I'm not, not with me. Gus, <laughs> Gus is the final chapter. He's the last no, step no. in that journey. What about me? No, but the, that reminds me a little bit. I haven't played uh, Witcher 3 yet. I haven't played any of the Witcher games, actually. Um, but what you're saying reminds me of uh, Shadow of Mordor, how they gamified something I didn't even know I wanted in the game, which was revenge. Oh. Where when an orc kills you and get promoted, you're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find that. You have, I have to wa- <laughs> you have to walk it off. And it's like, and then you come back to the controller, it's like, I'm going to find that guy somewhere in the world and I'm going to kill him. I mean, even to the point where it's like you kill all of his followers and then kill him. You know well, Or I mean? you find like, what's he afraid of? Yeah. Because I'm coming in That's with exactly whatever right. he's afraid of. Yeah. I'm going to get a Karagor and I'm coming after his ass. Yeah. We're going to roll three Karagor deep, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was an experience in a game that I didn't know I wanted until I was playing it. And that was a lot of fun. Do you think we're going to see a Shadow of Mordor sequel announced at Oh, oh, should we do predictions for E3? Maybe that'll be next week. But Maybe that's next we week. We do I'm, have a lot of E3 stuff to talk about anyway. Uh, it, it, I keep trying to get back to Fallout 4, but one of the things I'm curious <laughs> about one of the things I'm curious about is that Bethesda, for the first time as a company, is holding their own press conference, renting out a big venue, bringing everybody there. I'm really surprised they made an announcement for a game we'll talk about in a okay, minute. Yeah, so I, this, is a, this is a perfect segue. You're talking about Doom, right? I'm thinking the exact <laughs> yeah. same thing. They have never done this before. Right. They set a slot for you know their own press re- event and announcements. That's a big deal. And they announced Fallout 4 essentially 10 days before that. Right. And then I, ta- I was talking to someone else who works in the industry, and um, this person's response was, well, maybe they knew it was going to leak anyway. And I said, that's bullshit. Because they set a 24-hour timer before they even made the announcement. Yeah. You know, there's no – they weren't under the gun. They didn't expect a leak. Well, besides Why is they- it they're announcing it now? That cinematic trailer was already basically spoiled via leaked in. 
That's my new favorite pun. Right. But, I mean, so you don't always know what to expect with that. Because, what was it, even a year or two ago, there was the guy who was a self, you know, he just proclaimed himself a troll who set up the fake Fallout. Survivor 2299, I know it well. He even said it in Boston. Yeah. He did. Which makes me wonder, like, did he have inside knowledge about what was actually going to happen? Because the Fallout 4 announcement is set in Boston. Oh, do you know about this? Allow me. Uh, So, You have the floor. Thank you. In 2012, I know this because I just closely researched because I was trying to figure out like which rumors came at which times. But it was in 2012 where someone who said they worked at MIT went on Reddit and said Bethesda's been scoping out Boston and MIT and the next fallout's going to be based here. And so pretty much all the rumors since then have been based on that. Hmm. And it turns out that he was not lying. Uh, but the but Survivor twenty two ninety nine came in two thousand thirteen. Oh wow, was that long ago? Yeah, it's crazy. I know. I kept thinking that it was, was that it was two thousand fourteen. Yeah. But no, it's been. I remember it, that was that was a huge, huge, huge thing, mm-hmm. and that was followed almost immediately by a German trademark hoax. Someone uh, oh, trademarked yep. uh, Fallout Shadow Shadow Shadows of Boston, like two weeks after the Survivor twenty two ninety nine thing. Every rumor has been based on Boston since that MIT thing. Okay, hmm. so. You know, in I'm excited for the game. I'm a huge. So we're talking about it now. Yeah, I'm a huge cool. okay. fan of the Fallout universe. Could I've, not be more excited. I've played every good Fallout game. I haven't played the shitty, some of the shitty console ones, but um. Oh, you so mean like I, the little I'm, spinoffs? Right. So I'm really curious. One of the things I'm, I'm actually kind of worried about was watching that trailer. Was watching the flashbacks to a very polished, functioning world. You you didn't like that. I don't I like lo- that. I, I loved it. I don't want that. I don't know if that's in the game, but I thought that was part of the cinematic to show. Like the, it would cut back and forth between the same environments when it was like you know pre-war and then post-apocalyptic. I like the fact that everything is typically post-apocalyptic because then everything that happened is a memory or not necessarily clear. Right. You can have like an unreliable narrator who. People are telling their own perspective of what happened, and you don't necessarily know the truth mm-hmm. about the past. Um, I, I, I just hope that it's not very clearly delivered to you. There does seem to be a more direct uh, narrative, especially surrounding Vault Tech as well. Mm-hmm. Um, even when you go now to the website and you sign up for more updates, it's a letter from Vault Tech and everything like that. But it's like there was actually like somebody narrating this, like describing like what to do with your vault and stay indoors and all that stuff. And I, I don't know. I just uh, Vault Tech always seemed like this thing that was in the background. You know what I mean? Of of Fallout Four to me, mm-hmm. or the Fallout series, where it's like you were existing this in this uh, post apocalyptic world, but you would discover little things about Vault Tech along the way. Like you just find other vaults and what was going on in that vault, things like that. So uh, it's it, but they got to go in a direction with it. You know, they got to they got to change things up a little bit. I mean, just changing location is not going to be enough. Yeah, I wonder. But, if I mean, that, that changing locations has carried them so far through the series. I don't think it worked that well with New Vegas. Did you? But was that because it was a change in location or was that because it was a change in developer? Remember, Obsidian developed That was going to be my counter-argument. It was now – and correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't you have a problem with doors in New Vegas? So I had a – it was – Excuse me. What's your issue with doors? It was a problem with the engine. Right. And it was the more save games I created, the longer it took to load. So anytime I went through a door or loaded a new area, it just got – Longer and longer. It got to the point eventually before I fixed the problem where going through a door was taking me 15 minutes. Yeah. What? Yeah, he was so, playing around doors basically. Right. So I played the last half of New Vegas planning around doors. Like have I done everything in this area? Okay. I'm going to go through this door. I'm going to go eat something 
and then I'm gonna come back and finish the game in 15 minutes. Wow. Or not finish the game, finish the next area in 15 minutes. And there are some places where you have to go in a door, then walk across the room and go through another door. Sometimes that was awful. Yeah. yeah, if you're going to a specific location, yeah, you had so, to p- pass through really quickly. The more saved games you had, the longer it took to load through doors and load zones. Is what I eventually realized, and I had to. I'm an obsessive saver, especially yeah. when it comes to Fallout games. I, cha- I save I change all your, the time. I definitely – I used to be. When I played um, Final Fantasy X, and this, there's no reason for this because that's a pretty linear game. I had save files. I had like 100 save files for that. Like every hour I would do a completely new save. Mm-hmm. No reason for that whatsoever. I did that on uh, Morrowind and Oblivion as well. It's a really good thing I didn't do that on New Vegas. I eventually right. weaned myself off was, of it because it was just a pain in the ass. I was doing a new save like every five minutes. Um, you know, so Fallout, I, Fallout New Vegas was actually when I started doing the treadmill gaming thing. Fallout New Vegas was one of the first games that I did that it has the longest – my record for lo- walking the longest playing that game. I walked 173 miles playing Fallout New Vegas. I, um, it's, per- I, it's the perfect game for treadmill gaming. Fallout. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago uh, on the patch. You know, you weren't on it, but there was – Yeah, a, you weren't here, Bernie. There was, Sorry, that happens sometimes. There was someone who did a – I don't call it a speed run, but they did a run of Fallout New Vegas where they tried to play the entire game on hardcore difficulty – Without eating, drinking, or sleeping. Oh wow! And uh, they would be really short, I would think. They finished New Vegas. I think the runtime on it was like two hours and forty minutes. Wow! Whoa. Really? Yeah. It's just like very much to the point. Like it's only the bare essentials of what you need to do. Okay. That's impressive. Well, I hundred percent at Fallout Three, the original Fallout Three, if you want to call it that. Uh, yeah, I have all the achievements in that, like through all the DLC mm-hmm. and everything. Um, I think in. Fallout New Vegas, I've probably got a fifth of all the achievements in that. And uh, I still feel like I played the hell out of that game to get to just a fifth of the achievements in it. I definitely preferred 3 to New Vegas. I did too. Uh, I really immersed myself in 3 and, you know, know that world inside and out. Post-apocalypse DC is pretty cool. Yes. New Vegas, I think I played once. I played all of the DLC and never really fully went back and explored it. Fallout 3, I've probably played to completion seven times it's an amazing game mm-hmm. i like the setting of new vegas i like the idea like the juxtaposition of like all the crazy lights and all that sort of stuff against you know the desolation and the wasteland and all that i think that's really cool but yeah i've played fallout 3 more i want to call someone out on twitter here okay. oh do it wow it's what uh cory tomps all right cory tomps what's up what if the buckle annou- up buttercup what if the announcement was to throw off the audience for an even bigger one like elder scrolls nope an even bigger one let me tell you something, Corey Toms. Fallout <laughs> is it. Fallout, Fallout is the is big announcement. the trump card. It is the big announcement. Skyrim was much more recent. Fallout 3 was seven years ago. Yeah. They also have Doom, you know, which is a huge franchise as well. But I wouldn't – an announcement this year, everyone – I mean, look at what happened yesterday. They put up a – they put up – uh, a blank screen with a countdown timer, and everybody went fucking nuts. I think know? more people talked about that than the Doom teaser that came out. A couple of weeks ago. At the actual yeah. Doom teaser, right? Right. Yeah, with yeah. in-game footage. Yeah. People are just ravenous to get a new Fallout game. And you say it was, what, seven years ago? Eight years ago? For, for um, Fallout 3? Yeah. yeah seven years I, ago. For, for 3, but um, the last add-on for New Vegas came out in 2011. So it hasn't been that long since, you know, I'm Fallout a, it, itself yeah. <laughs> and all of that. I'm just saying that, you know, people have had f- Fallout experiences within the last four or so years. Mm. But what does now... Having a Doom teaser out there, having a Fallout 4, I consider a trailer, but I guess it's a teaser, but it feels like a trailer to me. What does now Bethesda do with an hour on that stage? They do their gameplay reveal for Doom, 
they do their gameplay reveal for Fallout. I'm going to give you 10 minutes for each of those. So you got 20 minutes now okay. blocked out. Uh, they're going to do, was it Battle Cry? Their Battle sort of, Cry their is, sort of yep. MOBA. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, get, I get a little bit confused because there's, what is it, there's Battle Blood and there's like Blood Cry and well, there's, because there's the also, one that Gearbox, is it Gearbox that's doing a different one that's like there's... I don't know. Uh, well, the, the, the confusing thing for that to me is also the developers also Battle Cry Studio making Battle Cry right. for Bethesda. They need right. that for themselves. Wow. Um, you know, so there's uh, there's that one. We actually played it last year, 83. It's actually it's more fun to play than to watch, I will say. It was like I watched it and went, uh, It was okay, fun. Yeah. But then played it and went, yeah. I played it at Pax Prime. Is that being developed in Austin? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. We should go see them. We should go see them. Play the play the game. Uh, they got, but they're probably very busy getting ready for E three. Nah. As most people in the industry are right now. So what are we at? Three? Yeah. So we're down about thirty minutes. Okay. Um, hold on. Let's talk about this a little bit more. Um, they're going to do, sh- do an expansion for Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, and Bethesda's going to announce that. So can I? Can well, I make? Yeah. I mean, Elder Scrolls Online, it's being done by ZeniMax Online Studios, so it's a right. different development studio. It doesn't interfere with Todd Howard and the magic he's working, I'm sure. Can I make uh, my prediction? Yes. The the end of the presentation? That's the microphone drop? Fallout uh, MMO. You think Fallout Online? Okay. Really? That's what I'm wondering. Like, the whole thing, like, so now what is the end? So they're probably open with Fallout 4. And then where do they go from there? Because that's what everyone's going to show up to see anyway. And yeah. then so what do they end with, though? Do they yeah, what accompany is that it with an HD remaster? Oh, that's like... That might be somewhere in the mix now. Yeah, that's point. like a one-minute, like, oh, and we're doing that thing. At, at, yeah, at, at this point, that's the way they did it with Halo 5 and the Master Chief Collection. Even though the Master Chief Collection was a really big deal. I made a comment that uh, on Twitter that if... I didn't think they would announce Fallout 4. I knew that I had a good feeling there was going to be a Fallout 4. Uh, announced, but I think they'd announce it this far in advance because they have this big show. And if they were going to do anything, if they're going to do a remastered version of Fallout 3 and New Vegas for next-gen platforms, they're going to have to release that before they release Fallout 4 because people won't care as much uh, mm-hmm. after Fallout 4 comes out. Yep. And it buys them a little bit more time for development time, which I don't know if they need or not. Um, so they could do that there. You know, They could like, do like what Microsoft did with Halo 5 and the Master Chief Collection where they had the big uh, Chief in the Desert trailer. Yeah. And then they had the Master Chief Collection after that. And people were just, like, really happy to get it. And half the people were like, I hope to God it's not a remastered uh, Fallout collection uh, when people responded on Twitter. But then there was a really high percentage of people who were like, that would be awesome, too. I would absolutely love to go back and play Fallout 3 on a next-gen console. And I have to admit, I would do it as well. Yeah, I, uh, absolutely. Would. I've, I've, I've been wanting to go back and replay Fallout 3 for a while. I kind of I hope they do I'm, make it. I'm looking- I would do it, but I would be very grumpy about it. Well, I think it'll depend on the release date of Fallout 4. If they if they come out and they say, I mean, a great mic drop would be like the game's coming out in November. No, the the great mic drop would be it's on Steam right now. That would be awesome. No, that's impossible. <laughs> that's impossible. I, I know it's not going to happen. There's no way it could happen. I'm just saying that there is no mic drop that could top it except for here's uh, Half-Life 3. And by the way, it's on Steam right now. Well, you know, they, I, I got to say I, there have been moments where they've announced something in a conference date and it's available right now. They have done that before. I can't th- think of specific examples. I don't know the Bethesda. But I've always thought Bethesda. Saturn. Not Bethesda. No. Not Bethesda. The Saturn. And that ended poorly. Do you remember it, they did that with the uh, Xbox 360 Slim? Oh, right. They did that. They had the, right. the conference and said, by the way, it's in stores right, right now. now. And everyone in this audience gets one. And right. everyone in this audience gets one unless you work for Xbox, which I did at the time and I was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so you don't get one? So I'm yeah. looking at the invite here. Yeah, we're looking for the 10th anniversary Xboxes for Xbox Live. Nobody at Xbox could get them either. So. Yeah, And we got one sucks. of those things, yeah. I'm looking at the invite here for the Bethesda event. And the invite is 
uh, like theater seats. Yeah. With like place cards in them for, with some of their characters. Sure. The only characters I can mm. see here at the very front are Doom, the Evil Within. Oh, characters from these games. Gotcha. Doom, the Evil Within, Wolfenstein: The New Order, the Elf. I assume that's from uh, Elder Scrolls. Tallboy. I don't know what that's from. Uh, sorry, Internet. I know y'all are gonna get mad at me. And then some other ones I can't read. They're like nondescript and in the background. Is that from Brink? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Too. The yeah. Someone. Um. Someone here on Twitter. Let me get their name because I I feel bad. Uh, there we go. Alan Guzman on Twitter re- specifically requests a Brink two, uh, Brink two announcement, and potentially we could realistically see an announcement for Dishonored too. If that is they true. Go really big because that's also a different studio. Yeah. You know, I don't I was, think Dishonored is a title that any of us have really played very much, but that's absolutely a huge franchise. I played, I played it. it and yeah. I couldn't get into it. Yeah. I well, my mistake when I played it initially was that I was trying to do too many of the achievements on my first playthrough and it completely ruined it. It was like the ghost achievement so you can't be seen and then it was the one where you can't take damage like from like you can't be attacked by anyone and take any damage mm-hmm. and it just it, like it ruined it for me it because tough. every t- anytime someone would see me I'd have to reload a save and I just got really mad about it so once I gave up on that then it was a lot better. Tall yeah. boys from Dishonored apparently. You know, he, Ashley he already has, said that. Ashley I'm has clarifying. But I know but I said that. Yeah, no, he's, he, did say, he said that. I didn't hear. I was listening. Hey, Gus. Hey, Gus. Hey, uh, so Bernie we're talking about Fallout 4 or what? <laughs> now he wants to talk about Fallout 4 all of a sudden. We had to get Ashley an Xbox in a different room, by the way, to play Ori. We, that, was, that, was, oh, yeah? that was frightening. That was, yeah, that was tough. So we, we won't talk about it. Let's talk about Fallout 4. The, the, only thing that, the only thing that's taken me longer to get through, the only game segment that's ever taken me longer to get through than the uh, the Ginso Tree escape in Ori in the Blind Forest was in Final Fantasy X, which I've played three times, no regrets, uh, and I did a, went completion every time, getting everyone's ultimate weapons, which consists of like getting multiple parts and all this bullshit. But uh, bullshit. is bullshit. But I did it anyway because I wanted the characters to be at their their best and everything. Uh, there's a chocobo racing segment in it, and I don't know if the chocobo is fucking broken. Or what the deal is, but it just trying to get all the balloons took me like eight hours. I was very mad sounds, by the end, and my rough. my hands were very cramped. But I did it. I did it, and it was almost as bad with Ori. I saw a couple of weeks ago um, a commercial that Toyota was running in Japan for the Prius C, where they had this commercial, and the they had a bunch of yellow Prius Cs driving around together, and they were playing, like, the Chocobo race theme from Final <laughs> Fantasy VII. And it was, like, it was such a weird commercial to see because they don't say anything about Chocobos and say anything about Final Fantasy, but it's obviously, like, a Chocobo race music, and it's yellow Prius Cs all, like, driving together down the road. It's cool. It's kind, very, like a, kind of like a nod. Right. It's like, if you get it, you so get it. I... If not, whatever. It's yeah. just commercial. We do stuff like we, But we do stuff like that in America with, like, Pac-Man references and stuff. So everything for a Japanese car company, you can see where that would come from, yeah. right? Because the game is so ubiquitous. Seems there. a lot more subtle than like a Bud Light commercial where they build a giant. Yeah, there was a there was was it a mini commercial or a mini dealership or something <sighs> that that did their minis up as ghosts from Pac Man. It was oh. super cute. Yeah, yeah, I think it was minis. Yeah. So a couple things here. Uh, uh, let me see here. Uh, a H Danny Hold Danny Hood Danny Hod on Twitter. Uh, scratching one thing, the Halo Master Chief Collection was apparently announced not with the desert trailer, but with the one with the Arbiter speaking. Uh, and then uh, Hunter Gilbert, Hunter G101 on Twitter, 
uh, said another mic drop moment was when the Destiny Alpha was announced and it was available as soon as they announced it on Sony PlayStation. Oh, was it available immediately? That's what saying. I seem to recall that as well. I mean, I don't remember. The problem is, like, the fact-checking conferences at E3 from, like, press conferences from, like, three years ago is yeah. a little bit tougher. But, yeah, I seem, to, I seem to remember that you could get the Destiny Alpha, like, right away. Okay. Yeah. And it was, that was a big moment for them. Because okay. we already had the, the pre-alpha that we were playing, so it wasn't like a big, as big a deal for us because we'd already seen that. One of the Not reasons, that there was a pre-alpha. One of the reasons that I feel like it would be a big <laughs> deal. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> uh, One of the reasons I think it would be a big deal if we see Fallout 4 gameplay, but I expect that we will, is uh, so when Skyrim, like the, I'm just following Skyrim's pattern, that was actually announced in like February of 2011, and then... 11? And then they f- showed the first gameplay um, at E3 that year. So it was several months between the announcement mm-hmm. and the first gameplay. This would be two weeks. Also, didn't... But that would be... I mean, they can't... At this point, they can't not show something more for right. it, right? Skyrim came out the same year they announced it. No, it was, it was within 12 months, but not the same year. Yeah. So yeah. it was it was debuted at the VGAs. So that would have been in de- December, and then okay. it came out the following November. Okay, gotcha. But it was within a twelve month window. That, that I was looking this up uh, yeah. earlier today. Can we get so, you? Oh yeah, see. Yeah, I'd, I'd be I'd be really surprised if Fallout Four were to hit this holiday. Very surprised. I would be very pleasantly surprised. I would be pleasantly surprised. Um, you're more than welcome to pleasantly surprise us. That would be really great. I would great. be very pleasantly this surprised. This is the third year of the consoles, basically, at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll be entering into the third year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of a sweet spot for when really awesome titles for them start to come out. And Xbox, Microsoft, is actually billing their conference as the strongest lineup of games on the Xbox of all time. Like, So they're already pushing that games angle. Remember, they always catch heat for like... It seems like Sony and Xbox go back and forth with, like, they focus heavily on games, and then for whatever reason, services, the other one decides to focus on services and, like, linear content, which is just all awesome stuff, and we all use it. I mean, half the time that I'm on my Xbox, my friends list is mainly populated with people watching Netflix. Mm-hmm. However, at E3, people want to hear about games. That's right. why they're there to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, can, they can hear about all the other services later. I would say this is probably the first E3 where Phil Spencer has had enough time to shift the direction of the company right. in a really major way with regard to games and to lineups. show the stu- like right the results of his efforts right like he was able to do some stuff in the the months immediately after he did that so we saw the the connect three xbox one i don't know that that was his doing i would expect so because that was a change remember previously they were like Impossible. connect 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 we'll never have it without connect we never will and then phil spencer came on board and was like look no connect also uh, the, we still think it's great we still d- think it's great and honestly it is i'm actually really glad i have it and i get really mad at we have a couple of xbox ones around the house and i get mad at any that don't have it because they don't listen to me mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> or that you have to type like your codes like, in manually right it's like a it's like a, a poor relationship so uh i feel like i'll just talk about e3 we should also mention our own well, we're doing three. Yeah, exactly. But real quick, Fallout 4, how do you feel about it? I'm super excited. I'm Can't super wait. excited too. I'm super a little excited. wary and afraid of this shifting in history. I don't want to see the world before it's destroyed. You know, we discuss Fallout the way we discuss a lot of beloved franchises, you know, in geek culture, you know, sci-fi culture. It's like Star Wars, you're very critical of it and everything. Mm-hmm. Fall, I, I couldn't be more excited about Fallout 4 coming out. I mean, I'm just – I cannot wait to get my hands on it. And it's just I, – I hope like you guys do that it's sometime this year, but – I will not hold my breath until they say that, yeah, that absolutely. date. Yeah, hopefully they will say a date. Hope and hopefully it's 2015. Yeah, I would, will. I would love to see that. I'm really excited, which is weird because I like Fallout. I don't like it to the degree that I like games like, well, pretty, like all the Elder Scrolls games. By the way, 
I I made a, a joke. Uh, we we were talking in, in the news about um about the teaser that they'd released and made a joke about Skyrim too. Everyone on the internet, by the way, they don't like that joke. What? <laughs> Just so we're clear. Saying something Skyrim 2 instead of Elder Scrolls Girl 6. Six? <laughs> oh, I was going to say, yeah, was it the number that threw him off? Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was like, you know, Skyrim 2. It's and like, everyone's like, Skyrim 2, you don't know any it's games. It's like Modern you? Warfare 2. You call it Modern Warfare 2 despite the fact it's Call of Duty yeah, 5. The Elder Scrolls series Elder Scrolls is like based is... on the location. So Skyrim is where it took place. Oblivion, you know. I mean, Morrowind. Yeah. Well, Ob- Oblivion's weird because it's Oblivion actually dimension. didn't take – Right. It didn't yeah. take place in Oblivion. But that was – I mean it was – it involved that. But it was – you know. So, so, so think about this too. What if a remastered collection includes uh, Skyrim and Oblivion? I would love to play I mean, a remastered version of Oblivion. I mean, I would too. I mean, Beth- Bethesda could do a master remastered collection. That'd be, that'd be and awesome. And if they could do anything to make it so that you don't have to go through and close like 13 Oblivion gates at once, that would be nice because that's really monotonous. And the best part about all this and everything that's going to go on at What's E3 the best part? is because we will know because we will be right there in the middle of it all. Yeah, Ashley, you want to tell be. us about what's going on? Yeah. So uh, we announced this yesterday, but we're... Uh, this year, we're doing E3 in sort of a big way. We've partnered with YouTube, and we're going to be hosting um, all the live content on their stage through the three days of the show, Tuesday through Thursday. We're going to be bringing on developers and publishers to show us gameplay for, oh, God, I don't know how many games. A lot of games. Like we will, over the course of, of the next week, we'll be announcing a lot of different stuff, like the lineups yeah. and things like that. Yeah, so we've got, we're basically doing live streams all day, all three days, which is is huge for us. I don't know, um, you know, who was following E3 last year. We did send a team, and we went to the show floor, and we saw games, and we talked about them. But this is a this is another level for us. This is I mean, we're going to be running a live stage for three days. It's I mean, huge. E3 or YouTube is the biggest platform for video, and we're going to be hosting all of the content for the E3 Expo floor for YouTube the entire three days. You yeah. know, we'll be programming everything. Like, we're in the process. Now we've already got some other top gaming channels already mm-hmm. lined up, some guests that we're going to have, people that you would definitely know. Uh, and we're getting more people as we finalize that schedule. Yes. You want to talk about who's going from uh, Rooster though? Yeah, absolutely. So all three of us are going. Uh-huh. Uh, so we got uh, Bernie Burns, Ashley Jenkins, Meg Turney, Gus Cirolo. <laughs> Are you like going? He's not even here. What's that? I know, but he, he just doesn't okay. like not being top billed, and he's like right Gus here. Gus and Gus. Oh, you're Gus saying – I guess you're saying that you were after Meg. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, so Meg's not here. She's, she's gone. Um, let's see. Gavin uh, Free will be there. Jack Patillo will be there. We'll have all the Funhouse guys there. Um, we've Adam got James Alan. Bruce. Yep, Adam James Bruce. Joel Lawrence Spool. Yep. Uh, Even Spool. We're going to have him Even do – Even Matt Peak. We're going to have him – we're going to have Spool do a, a two-hour lecture – on the value of video games. Dude, I would love the, to have a spool uh, one dollar corner. One hour if we could give him two dollars for that. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> we, should, we, should, we should have spool in the corner with just the one dollar versus one hour. Just like it gets his thumbs up or thumbs down. Whether he thinks the game will be a dollar an hour. Yep. Uh, who else do we have going? I'm really excited We've about We've got so many people this year. I'm yeah. really excited about this because I haven't been to E3 in 10 years. The last one I went was Get out of here. Yeah. Really? And like before they shut it down. And before, and before it went before crappy. It came back. So, and the last time I went to E3, I could barely get in the door. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, no one knew who Rasheed was. So it's going to be awesome to be back and be like, what's up? I'm a celebrity. Coming in. Coming at the top. Get the fuck out of my way and give me my coffee. Started from the bottom. Look where you are now. <laughs> but like, I really do have to say, when we started uh, The No as a channel, it started as Rushi's News and then branched out and became its own channel with The No. I was pretty transparent. We were pretty transparent about one of the goals for The No was the fact that we have a huge audience online. But we didn't, for whatever reason, after 10 years as a company, we did not have a lot of visibility inside the video game industry. Mm-hmm. And we weren't really sure why that was. Um, and so one of the goals for The No 
uh, as a channel was to you know raise our profile within the video game industry. And so you look up and a, a year later, essentially, uh, since the nose started, uh, we're going to be hosting all of the E3 Expo floor for the biggest platform for video online. It's crazy. I mean, that yeah. is like – and we owe that to you guys. For your support of the no and everything that you all have done, I mean – that's been been a huge. It's been a huge accomplishment. It's like, and it's for that to happen in our first year. Essentially, you know, we just hit our first year with the let's, no. Let's drink to the audience. It's really great, and we can't. We really Why cannot not? thank you guys enough for that because uh, you know, Rooster Teeth in the past, we um, we didn't focus a lot on you know news or anything like that, but we've built out a whole news department and inf- informational channel, and uh, your support of it has been amazing. And we can't thank you enough for that. So thank you. Please uh, tune in and watch us make asses of ourselves and talk about video games. It's going to be a lot of fun. Right, and be paying attention to the website and other social media uh, avenues, and we will be telling you there some more announcements as to what we have lined up for the E3 Expo Expo floor. We're going to be doing it June 16th through June 18th. Yes, but we'll also be be joining Jeff Keighley on the stage on the 15th to discuss the the press conferences and the announcements Mm. as they happen. That's awesome. So since they've announced Fallout 4, I do not have to have my riot and burn down the theater at the Bethesda event. Right, so everyone's going to be really disappointed about that we need to find something but else for you to sell hopefully on fire. blizzard says something great about hearthstone yeah what do you think is going to happen oh god oh, okay here we go uh, i'm drinking i heard I, cole I, give I, a very <laughs> unenthusiastic <laughs> I, i'm drinking to the uh to mm. the success of the no so cheers to that as well the uh, so if you have any ideas or if you have any suggestions for people that you would like to see as as uh you know live streamers or people playing uh you know games that are still in development or about to come out uh let us know who you'd like to see uh and we'll be sure to invite them great all right well it's about time to wrap also, up. also what games you want to see yeah. yeah, Fallout 4. Because there's a lot to choose from. We didn't get to talk about the Lego Minecraft thing. But anyway. That, I, that was one of the things I really want to talk we about. We talk about it next week on The Batch. Yes. We All should right. play it. Well, thanks for watching, everyone. We'll uh, see you guys next week. And then in two weeks, we'll see you guys at E3. Sure. Bye. Hello. Hey. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Patch Club. Game Club. This week, we're talking about Contrast. We are. And there's two of us because we're the only two people who could get through it. <laughs> not that's that's not a, t- that's that's, a little that's a little harsh. <laughs> that's not a time thing. I'm gonna be honest. This is the first game club game, and I feel bad saying this because I did, like I actually played this when the PS4 came out. I was looking forward to playing it. I was super excited, uh, but as I was playing it, I kept putting it off because it unlike this is the first time in game club where a game has felt like work. Yeah. Um, so like, like you, I played this game. I started playing this game when the PS4 came out because I think you could get it for free when the I PS4 think it was, launched. It was, I think it's like right at launch. It was the it was the PS Plus free game. It was one of those ones, and so that's how I got it too. That's how I started playing it. There, let, let me let me let me frame it this way. I got this game for free. There were no other games to play on the PS4. I still didn't play it. And you're saying that I'm harsh. Yeah, it was it was it was it was rough. So I mean, it's not. It's not like it's a broken game or an awful game. It's just I felt like there was no innovation, no no fun in it. It felt to me like there were a lot of pieces missing. It had some good ideas. There were a lot of things that I liked about the game, that I wanted to like about the game, that drew me to it in the first place. I like the sort of noir atmosphere and setting. And the atmosphere's the whole, great. The whole, like, carnival thing and the circus and the cabaret. And I even really liked the way the world curls and falls away to the stars very mm-hmm. dreamlike in fact you know the whole time i was wondering if it was a dream mm-hmm. uh, but it reminded that part actually reminded me a lot of did you play the american mcgee's alice games i never did no there's a there's a lot of that where the world is not fully formed it's very dreamlike mm-hmm. and so i loved all of that stuff i thought it was great the look of it was cool and then i felt like the rest kind of let me down yeah the i mean like right off the bat i felt like the voice acting was a little was Still definitely didn't... lacking uh especially the uh, there wasn't the, much of it either yeah the little girl character Didi, um 
was uh was not was not that great. I apologize, young girl. I feel like I'm kind of talking shit about you, but you sucked. Wow. Um, you, you made Gus feel bad. Good job. Um, but yeah, it was it, it also the so and it's also not a long game. It's only God, probably three three and a half hours maybe. Yeah, I looked it up on. There's a website called um like how long. I love that website. Like how long does it take? How long or whatever. to beat? How long com. to beat? There we go. And uh, I'm every time we do a game club game, I check it out to see like how I need to allocate my time over the week. I do the same thing. It was three and a <laughs> half hours on average. Oh wow. Okay. Good. So yeah. I mean, it I mean, took I, me. It took me longer, honestly. Oh okay. Um, and I think, and part of it is that the way the game is set up, it's a 3D uh, puzzle platformer, more or less, right? Mm-hmm. Where and it's got. This is one of the things that I really do like about the game is that you are. Uh, an imaginary friend mm-hmm. of this little girl. You're like uh, basically like a circus performer type character. You find out down the road you're really not an right. imaginary right. friend. Right, but through like if, you okay. know that's until the end. As I was going through the game, I definitely thought I was an imaginary character, and I was really I was really super impressed that an imaginary character could manipulate real world stuff. I was mm-hmm. like, well, isn't isn't this interesting? Take that, parents. She's got some kind of psychic telekinetic thing going on. Right, uh, but you have the ability to you you can't see anybody. In the world, but the little girl, you can see their shadows on right. the walls instead, and uh, you can you can mush into the shadows. What do they call it? Shift in. Shift. You can yeah. shift into the shadows, so you're a silhouette on the wall with the shadows, and then it kind of becomes a 2D platformer while you're on the wall. Yeah. Um, and that's really cool. And like solving puzzles by moving lights around to cast shadows, so that you can like shift into the wall and, and get through an area. That was a really cool thing. Well, almost. It's also like when you're when you're doing that, you manipulate the real world to build the shadow world, so that you can do what needs to be done. So you'll see, like, oh, I need to get from here to over there. You know, what can I move around in the world? How can I move the light source to create the shadows in such a way to to uh, guide me up there? Um, one of the things I was confused about, though, was there were some times when there were doors you couldn't walk through, and you had to shift in to get into the doors. Yeah, like glass doors or something. Or it seemed like sometimes it was just like a sparkly door for no reason. Like not that there was glass there. Just like, oh, we're going to make you use the shift mechanic. Just so that you remember that we've got Right. It. Just so you know it's there. Maybe that was earlier in the game also. But yeah, that definitely was earlier in the game. But I remember getting annoyed by it thinking like, mm-hmm. okay, I get it. You know, I had to shift to get to this point already. Yeah. Um, I really liked that that concept. That, like it made you look at the game world in a new way. What I didn't like about it was that in spite of knowing what I needed to do – it was just it was kind of clunky mm-hmm. to actually do it. There was uh, there's one part in the game where you go through and you're um you're when you're being the princess in the story and you have to go through like a story tales side scrolling platformer part of the game and uh, there's part of it where you have to grab an umbrella and you have to float down through the air mm-hmm. and uh, you can't touch any of the spikes or you die. Very common. Very common. Uh, but. There were a couple of times, like three or four times in a row, where I was floating down, everything was going right, I didn't touch anything, and I shifted out of the wall for some reason. For no reason whatsoever. There was no. What platform did you play on, by the way? Um, So I started on PS4 and then I picked it up again on Xbox One. Okay, I I played the entire thing on PS4. Just curious. Maybe that was a a platform specific bug, I'm not sure, but it was annoying as shit. One thing, so one thing that annoyed me is I tried to. I tried to play it uh, via remote play on my Vita, oh. but like the shift in, shift out is R2 instead of R1, oh. even though you really don't use R1 for much in the game. It's like, it, I wish they had made it R1. That way I wouldn't have to waste my TV on this game. 
Sorry. <laughs> um, and like I said, it's not that it's a broken. I'm not a platformer fan to it's begin with. It's just that with. it's lackluster. Yeah, it's just it is a game. Can, I mean, I, I, that, that's you know, I don't know a, what else to say. It's a three and a half hour indie launch game. I'm actually looking up here. To, I'm going to look up the uh, the site. It's by Compulsion Games. I want to see if it's their first game because if it is, that would make no, a no, lot that, more sense. That makes total sense. It seems like um, like a proof of concept or or something you make to test out technology. So if they were to come out with another game next that built upon it, it would make sense to be like, oh, well, they were trying to get to this other game, and this was their stopgap way to. You know, continue their funding to get to uh, the final goal. Yeah, um, almost so, like almost like a technical test. Yeah, it is. It looks like it's their first game, um, 2013, and then they've they've got one they're working on called We Happy Few. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. That there's, like you said, it's like it's a test. There are some elements there, but it's not polished by any means. The number of invisible walls and corners I got stuck on and glitched into was just. I was. I initially started trying to go for completion because there's a bunch of collectibles you can mm-hmm. get, and you can get the little light bulb things. And I gave up because I I knew what I needed to get to those places. I just by the end could not be bothered trying to fight the game to get to them. I understand. I'm bad at platformers, and when I you know they get really frustrating, it's mostly because I'm frustrated with myself. Mm-hmm. This is a really deep moment for me, uh, self realization. <laughs> But in this case, I was just mad at the game because I didn't feel like it was me that was having the problem. No, I can, I can totally see that. But and like like you said, I I really like that world that uh, and the the look of everything they built. Mm-hmm. It's just you know the little like and and like you, I think I saw this at E3 before the PS4 launch, and it was one of the games. I was like, wow, this is maybe I set my own expectations too high. Uh, I was really looking forward to it. Yeah, maybe maybe it would have been better served in a different engine. Like I could have seen it doing really well isometric, maybe something like that. But the full 3D, I don't. I well, don't the full know. 3D I allows mean, you to do the shadow stuff. Yeah, you got to manipulate the world better in 3D, but navigating in 3D, like I was, like it was, it was too loose and swimmy, and I was always running into things. And there the w- game doesn't look good when you're constantly running into chairs and getting stuck on them. Yeah, I got really frustrated early on, like. God, it's like the first level. I think, yeah, it is the first level when you have to go and knock down the billboard so the so mm-hmm. Didi can cross, because that's when they introduce the. Well, it's right after they introduce like the wall smashing mechanic, and you can smash one of the walls. But so like if you're walking forward, you walk up to it, you hit smash. There's a you hole go right, right off on the, the ledge, other, and you go right you? off the ledge. I went off the ledge. It's like why would you put the ledge that close? You, you guarantee you're going to kill the player. Like, it's a, that's frustrating. That's mm-hmm. not teaching anyone anything. Everyone knows you fall down a hole, you die. Like, that's just like, it's like that little polish thing like we talked about. It's like, there should be a little more space to where you push through, you dash, you stop. Like, oh, there's a hole there. Mm-hmm. I avoided that. Yeah. It looks like their next game is going to have a, a similar sort of look to it. So I'm actually very interested in it if they've learned from this game. And again, this wasn't... I don't want to say it was a bad game. It just wasn't much no, of a game. It is a game. It is a game. Yeah, and um, it's you know it's not you know I I don't I don't I I feel bad saying bad things about a game, but I I, too, I, I, me yeah, too, I, I definitely it's like there were good things about it, but overall it felt like work, and that sucks for me. And I don't want the developers to feel bad because I know they worked really hard on it. I'm hoping, but, like I said, that it's it was just a test, like a proof of concept, and that the next game builds upon it, and that we see. 
you know, a more fleshed out version, you know, things more polished, things that are better. You said their next game, what's it called? We it's Better Few? It's called We Happy Few. Or we Happy Few. Uh, does it have a, like a projected release date or anything on it? Um, nope. Just, uh, well, I'm on their, I'm on their website. It just mm. says there's a trailer available. So it's upcoming. Um, but I don't see a date anywhere. I'm going to look that up just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So like I mentioned, it, it, or like I guess we kind of alluded to, it's available. Contrast is available on a lot of platforms. You played on the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. I played on the PS4. It's on I PC think it's as also well. On PC. Yep, also on PC. Um, so there's definitely lots of ways to uh, to experience it if you're if you're interested. Yeah, I would say um, if you can get it on sale or if you picked it up on on PlayStation Plus when it was free, uh, anything like that, try and do that. It's right now. I think it's fifteen dollars on Xbox One. It's not worth that. It's fifteen dollars. Yeah, that's a really short game. I think that's one of the complaints I had about Gone Home was that it was that was like twenty bucks. That's too. like twenty bucks, and that's only like a four-hour experience. And as much as I loved Gone Home and I heaped praise on it, I still thought that it was overpriced for the experience that it delivered. That was my one complaint about that. Yeah, so I think that this is it's worth checking out just to see what the the shadow mechan- the manipulation mechanic is in itself because it's interesting and I haven't seen it done really like that before mm-hmm. but well it's almost like that um there's a that, that uh zelda game yeah yeah a little bit it's um oh god a link between worlds is it no 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 link no? between worlds is the uh the snes uh remake there's another one that came on the 3ds right, that's, sorry that's the one i'm thinking of. is that what's oh link to the past is the snes yes one. Thank, suck you, it, Gus. thank you control room cole a Link Between Worlds, yes. That, so it's very uh, similar to that. Yeah, so, it does remind me of that a bit too, but uh, again, done in a, in a different perspective. Now I want to go play so A Link Between Worlds. Should we uh, call out the cylinder? Let's and pick, pick out a game? new game. You want to pick this one? Sure. Bring the cylinder. Summon the cylinder <laughs> on its new track. This way it doesn't go to the side. Yay. It's very impressive though. Go for it, Ashley. It's your turn. That was really impressive. <laughs> Y'all nailed it. It's like right in the middle of frame. They didn't even really move. <laughs> oh, there they are. They're like, it's like popcorn. I feel like they kind of stay in place and just kind of roll. Well, I like to see if a couple of them like pop over. Yeah, a few of them did pop over, right, yeah. This is... <laughs> oh, God. Well, now, wait, come back to the mic and say it. <laughs> okay. We have to make sure that Ryan's on this one. This is the community suggestion. Thank you, guys. This is going to be the best thing ever. It's a community suggestion. It's a visual novel called Long Live the Queen. <laughs> Where, I've not heard of that one. It's, um, so uh, I don't know. Yeah, have you played it? You seem really happy no, about this. No, I just, I just love the idea of Ryan playing visual novels. Uh, but this one, I think it's different. I don't think it's necessarily a romance visual novel. You are playing a princess trying to survive to your coronation. Okay. I can get behind that. That's like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Except a princess instead of a prince. Right, and, and hopefully hopefully you don't die. Whereas well, with Game of Thrones, you're like, woohoo! You all had B-roll for that available immediately? Nice. Okay, so this is... Wow, what the fuck? We did not plan... Th- you're making it seem like we, we planned this. <laughs> so this is, uh, is going to be... Long Live the Queen will be playing this for next week. It's a visual novel. So you know what? I gotta say, uh, great, uh, great use of visual novels. Play them on the treadmill. Yeah. You get exercise, you just like like just walking around, just walk, walk, walk. You, it takes your mind off the off walk, the walk, walk. exercise part. But uh so you, you can just go for ages and ages and ages. I actually did that a little bit with um Katawa Shoujo. I gotta be sure to get a treadmill then. Mm. Just take it to the gym and just like have it up. <laughs> the guy 
<laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks for watching, everyone. We'll uh, we'll see you next week when we're talking about Long Live the Queen. Long Live the Queen.